What's up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of the Track Record Podcast. I'm your host, Chance. As always, start off the beginning of the episode with the week in review. Um, this week has been, well, I guess last week would have been my first week of classes back at UCM. Um, classes went smooth. Everything went well. This week, we started off with MLK Day, no class on Monday, solid. Tuesday's classes went well. And then today, we had a late start due to inclement weather and bad driving conditions. So that was good. Um, I was hoping my 11 a.m. would cancel. It didn't, but we made the most out of the day. Um, I got pretty upset, though, because uh, I had to buy a new phone charger today, and shit's expensive. I didn't realize that phone chargers were like $20 for a cable. That's pretty stupid. I can go on Amazon and get like, I can buy hella cables for $20. I can buy a lot of things for $20 on Amazon, but the school store only had them for $20. Bucks. Um, so I, I paid it because I didn't really have a choice. I needed one I could take to class and take to take to work. Um, ended up buying that. Had to buy some command strips because a couple things fell off the walls because of uh, poor hanging technique on my part. And then, yeah, now I'm here. Uh, I got to work after this coming in. Um, we will have a new upload schedule this semester while I'm at school. Um, I will record every Wednesday the, the track record podcast, and then I will put – the new episode out on Thursdays. I'll put them out on Thursdays. Um, so after this, after I record this, I have a three-hour shift at work, and so I will be able to edit and put out the episode the very next day. So that'll work perfectly for um, for having a weekly setup that you guys as listeners can get used to. It'll be a, it'll be a nice schedule. So I'll record Wednesday, edit Wednesday put out Thursday morning at, um, I won't be able to do it at 10, 10 because I'll have class. No, I should be able to do it. I should be able to do it at 10. I might change that. So don't, don't, don't listen to this. Uh, once, once I post this episode, I'll have it figured out when I'm going to actually be posting them weekly so I can find out the best, what suits me best scheduling wise and what suits me best in terms of getting it done every week on time. So I'll get that figured out a little bit more. Um, I just wanted to jump right into it right off the bat. Um, it's award season. Award shows will be happening in full force here soon. We've already discussed the Oscar, not the Oscars. We're going to talk about the Oscar nominees right here. But we've already discussed the Grammys and my displeasure with the Grammys. Um, my displeasure with the Oscars is pretty similar. I, I, I think – Oh man, the the Academy and award ceremonies and award shows have gotten so so ate up with trying to get trying to get more viewers and trying to get more clicks and trying to get more people to see their thing that they're kind of diluting their the quality that they're accepting for in the Grammys terms album of the year and the Oscars terms best picture. Um, with that being said. Best Picture for the Oscars has way too many, way too many nominees in the category. There are one, two, three, four, five. I believe there's nine. There's nine. Um, every other category only has five. Why you change Best Picture to nine? I don't know why. I feel like that separates voting out way more than it needs to be. So rather than having a pretty concentrated amount of votes on one of the five, you have the votes spread out way more than they should be. Um, it allows for lesser quality movies to get into. 
Do I think Black Panther should be an Oscar nominee for Best Picture this year? No, not at all. It's a pretty mediocre Marvel movie. Now it's up for like Best Costume Design. Absolutely. Best Special Effects. I'm not as inclined to the Best Special Effects, but compared to the other movies this year, I mean, I guess. But I think if I was going to put any Marvel movie in Best Picture category, it would have been Infinity War, which had a bigger fan reaction, kind of concluded but set up the next movie. Black Panther was just, it was, I think they only put it in here because it was the highest grossing film of the year. I get it. A lot of people wouldn't saw it. But compared to the quality of these other movies that are on this list, Black Klansman, which is a favorite by many of my peers here at school, um, Black Klansman, Spike Lee, it's one that, it's more of an art art house film or whatever you want to call it. It's not really an art film either. But it's more serious, has a more serious tone, has a more serious message. Bohemian Rhapsody is on here, which I've heard a lot of people are mad about. I didn't get to end up go seeing that movie, but I've heard people are mad about it, not only because it wasn't perfectly researched and perfectly depicted, but because it just wasn't as great of a movie as a lot of these on here. The favorite I have not seen. Green Book is literally they're begging for an Oscar nom with the story here. Um, it's the classic story, two people who have extreme differences, i.e. being race. They figure it out and they become friends. Happy ending, boom, bang, bang, done. Um, I'm not denying that it has good performances. I'm not denying whatever. I just know it's the perfect recipe for an Oscar nominee. Roma, I have not seen, but I've heard many good things about it. A Star is Born, um, I think it deserves to be on here. Uh, original music, both actor and actress uh, in Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga giving their performance giving their best performances maybe ever um and then vice is the last one adam mckay directed christian bale is in that movie i just don't see i don't see blockbusters like black panther being on the same level as as these other movies that i don't know they just i don't know it's hard to it's hard to it's really really hard to describe what i'm trying to say I'm not saying that their hard work shouldn't be acknowledged and that it shouldn't get an award for whatever, but is it best picture? Does it have the best cinematography? Does it have the best sound? Does it have the best special effects? Does it have the best acting? Best acting, I'm going to go with no on this one. Um, They threw in – my problem with Marvel specifically and superhero movies in general, it could be DC. It doesn't doesn't matter what kind of superhero movie it is. In a lot of of mainstream cinema is – they have a lot of cheesy dialogue, a lot of cringy, especially in superhero movies, they have a lot of really cringy jokes. They have a lot of pop culture references that, to me, doesn't really fit into the the best picture category of the past. Now, I know we, we're trying to be progressive here. We're trying to move forward. We're trying to bring new ideas and new things into the to the Oscars and to these awards shows. But I feel like they're taking away the credibility of one of these awards and winning it doesn't feel as good um, as it used to, if that makes any sense. Moving on, um, best actor in a leading role, you have Christian Bale for Vice, where he depicted Dick Cheney, Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born, A Star, a star, is, born, a star is Born, Willem Dafoe in At Eternity's Gate, which I have not seen, but I saw previews and I liked it. I liked the previews. Rami Malek, I'm not discrediting 
I haven't. I still haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody, but I heard he he gave a, an amazing performance of of Freddie Mercury. So I'm not going to deny that. Viggo Mortensen for Green Book, um, actress in a leading role, Yalitza Aparicio. Um, I saw that she's the first Indigenous female to be nominated for an Academy Award, which is incredible. That's a huge step. Glenn Close, the wife, Olivia Coleman, the favorite, Lady Gaga, a Star is Born, and then Melissa McCarthy. Can you ever forgive me? I think it would be really cool to see either Lady Gaga or Melissa McCarthy win this because Lady Gaga is a singer traditionally. She's not she's not an actress. She is now, but like when you think of Lady Gaga, you think of her as a singer. So it'd be cool to see somebody like that win it. And then Melissa McCartney Melissa McCarthy, my bad, would also be awesome because she's typically a comedic actress. So it'd be cool to see her win an award for maybe a more serious role. That would be something that would would be awesome to see. Um, we're gonna skip over actor in a supporting role and actress in a supporting role. Um, the biggest, the biggest battle here for me, for this, for this Academy Award, is the best animated feature film because I have seen most of these. I've seen most of these. Um, your nominees are Incredibles two, which I thought was really well done. It was funny. It was fun. The animation was great. The story was really good. The voice acting was great. It was just all, all, all around really good. Then you have Isle of Dogs, Wes Anderson, completely. I want to say it's stop motion and animation, digital animation. Um, this is one where the animation was incredible. The story was great. It's it's a Wes Anderson. You had big names acting, doing voice work for this movie. You had a good hearty, sh- a good hearty story and message. Um, so that's going to be tough. Then you have Mirai, which is, it looks like a Japanese anime. I have not seen that. I'm not a big anime fan, but if it's, if it's nominated for an award, I might give it a shot. I don't know where I'll be able to find it to watch. Um, Wreck-It Ralph Breaks the Internet. I have not, no, I watched that, but I vaguely remember it. Um, I remember the animation being really, really fun, really bright, really energetic, um, it's a very fun-loving movie. It's it's hearty. The characters are extremely lo- lovable. Um, is it is it my favorite animated feature film? No, because the next one is my vote: Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which is honestly one of the best movies I've ever seen. One of my favorite movies I've ever seen, and from from the story to the animation to the music, uh, it's just really really well done. And I don't want to give any spoilers away, but, like, whenever they have Spider-Men or Spider-People or whatever from other universes, the people from their universe are animated in the style of their universe. So there's an anime one, and she looks like an anime character. Like, she's 2D, like, but she's 3D. It's really, really hard to explain. So she looks like you would expect an anime person to look in a movie, like in an anime, but she does it in this medium that's 3d and it's super cool same with uh, spider pig i don't know if he has an actual name it's just spider pig but he's like a looney tunes character and he looks like a looney tunes character he doesn't look like he fits in the spider in the miles morales universe um peter b parker was really cool um the spider spider-man noir was really really cool because he was in black and white and the whole world is color and they even made jokes about it with him picking up a Rubik's Cube and being like, oh, I can't tell what color it is. 
Um, I just think the animation was great in this movie. The voice acting was great. The story was really, really, really good. It was really relatable. I felt, I felt connected to this movie. Um, it was also really cool to see a blockbuster movie like this feature a main character of color. It was really, really cool to see that representation. Even if it is an animated, an animated movie, it was incredible. Um, the story was just super relatable. I've I felt a lot of the things that Miles Morales has felt while going through that movie. It was just, I, I love the movie. I can't I can't talk about it enough. Some of the visuals in this movie were super psychedelic and trippy and just crazy. The colors the colors in this movie were fantastic. The way they they made it feel like you were watching a comic book, and for that it was you can't you can't love something more than that. It was it was amazing. It, it's my vote. It's either that or I love dogs. Incredibles two coming in third, but I don't know if I'm gonna tune into the Oscars. I I really don't have a clue yet. Um, I might just to see what's up with it. Just to see. I want to see the big awards, so I might not turn it on until later. I definitely want. Um, Spider-Verse to win um, Best Animated Feature Best Film or Best Picture Black Klansman would be cool just because I'm a big fan of Jordan Peele and he got to work on that movie um, I wanted to see Vice quite a bit I've heard mixed reviews on it I don't know, I'll have to, I'll have to watch him before Oscar season rolls around, before the awards roll around so we can, we can discuss him in fuller I know James wants to come on and talk about the movies quite a bit, he's really he's a, he's a a movie buff, so it'd be fun to get him on here to talk about some movies. I'd have to watch him first, though. Um, jumping into some music last week, New Music Friday, uh, the 17th, so this would have been, this was a pretty packed um, release night, a lot more packed than I had initially thought. Whenever I had first written it down, there was only like three albums, but it ended up turning up, there ended up being around five or six albums that I ended up listening to. We're going to jump right into it with Future. Future Hendrix presents The Wizard. Right off the bat, there was something that bugged me about this. Um, Kid Cudi has an album called Wizard where he has no con- no vowels in his al- in his word, in the word wizard. Future kind of copied this. He has W-I-Z-R-D, the wizard. Um, I don't know. It threw me off. I also am not a fan of the cover art for this album. I think it's really basic and kind of kind of boring. I do like the color scheme, though. The purple and orange looks really good. This album sits at 20 songs, an hour and two minutes. And if I'm going to be honest with you, an hour and two minutes of future music is in, is about 20 minutes too long. A 30-minute future album would have been great. Um, I'm not the biggest future fan, so come at me. I, I really don't care. I think this is a solid showing, though. I don't think it's I don't think it's bad. I like it better than a couple, two or three, four of his previous releases prior to this. Um, it's the one I've liked the most since. Uh, DS2, DS. I don't think he'll ever top DS2 though. I think DS2 is perfect. Um, this is this is good. If you like if you like trap music, if you like future, if you like future, you're gonna like the album. It's as simple as that. It's a future album. It's not like he's it's not like he's pushing the boundaries. It's not like he's changing what he knows works. He's sticking to what he knows is gonna sell. What he knows people like. What he knows people likes. What what he knows that people like. That's a really tough sentence that I don't know how to say properly. He knows what the audience wants to hear, and that's what he does, is what I'm trying to get at. Um, 
the first the first like six songs though I'm gonna say are really really solid, and I wouldn't change any of those. Um, the Young Thug feature is pretty good. The Travis Scott feature is pretty good. Is it an album I'm gonna go back and listen to in full? No, this is an album you pull a couple songs off of, throw them on your playlist, and you're good, in my opinion. Um, this is one I'm just I'm just definitely not gonna probably not gonna come back to. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's in my library still. I might give it a listen again. I have to be I just have to be in the right mood. This might be when I'm like shooting hoops in the gym. I don't know. Not 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 my favorite of, of the night at all. Um, next up was James Blake, Assume Form. This is his first album in a year or two. Um, this one sits at 12 songs, 48 minutes, which is, for James Blake, this is a perfect length since he's kind of, he's slower, he's spacier, he's more melancholy, he's not as high high energy. There are a few songs on here that have have quite a bit of energy in them, but they're nothing like, I don't know, it's a very mellow, low-key, symphonic, it's just it's a low key epic of an album. If you know what an epic is, it's a long story that you, I feel like epics always have writing that is super well done and poetic and epics always have beautiful writing if that makes sense. If you, when you read the Iliad or the Odyssey, those are two epics that have really really well put together poetic writing in them. Much like this album feels. This album feels like you're I don't know how to describe it. The vocals are silky smooth. They're really, really pretty vocals. Over production that's progressive but minimal, which I think is is a big thing. It's, it's a big aspect of this album that I like a lot. It's really, really progressive, but it's pretty minimal. It's not. It's not like he was going overboard with the with the production on this thing. He really, he kept it pretty pretty simple and it it played with his vocals well it played with the spaciousness of the sound of his voice he is a very uh, I don't even know he's it's like deep but not he has a pretty good vocal vocal range but it's so smooth and spacious his his voice is just spacious and the production and his voice played together so well on this album it's it's it was it was Beautiful. It's just a beautiful piece of music to listen to. The whole thing um, features Metro Boomin, Travis Scott. The Andre 3000 feature was really, really good. Really liked it. I know a lot of people probably just turn this album on and listen to the the Travis one and the Andre 3000 one. I get it, um, but this album was really, really good. It's a really good listen to if where you're living is really, really cold and then it gets dark outside. And when it's cold and dark, this music just fits that mood, that tone outside way better than a lot of other music does. And I think that's why I liked it so much because for the last freaking couple weeks, it's been cold and wet and dark. And this album just plays into that feeling. And it gave me a really, really good feeling listening to it. It like amplified the way that this album was supposed to sound to me. And I love it. It's fantastic, fantastic album. Moving on from that, another, another maybe this isn't this one's probably lesser known. Um, Maggie Rogers heard it in a past life. Maggie Rogers, some of you might know her as the Pharrell girl on YouTube, which is when she played her song Alaska and Pharrell freaked out and said it was perfect. She doesn't need to change anything about it. Um, this is when she was a student at the NYU music at their music program, 
up in New York City. This album is really, really good. Maggie Rogers kind of abandoned her folk pop vibes. I hate that word. Um, And she she embraced the, the pop side of it, but she did it in a way that was her own completely. She has a very beautiful voice, smooth. It's higher in pitch, but it's really, really nice to listen to it. It just, it has a really nice tone to it. I love the way her voice sounds. She's progressive on this thing. It's very dancey. It's very energetic. It's very, it's very, very good. It's really, really good. I think this might be an album that pushes her into superstardom. We're going to see Maggie Rogers blowing up everywhere now. I've been listening to her for a while now. My sister loves her music. She's seen her live. This is an album that if you like pop music, you need to listen to it. It's as simple as that. Um, It's just, it's one of the strongest releases in the pop genre I've heard in a while. And the production on this thing is groovy and her vocals are, are delicately powerful. And I wrote that down in my notes specifically because her voice sounds very sweet, very innocent, very, uh, I don't know how to say this, very soothing. It's its almost like you're getting sung a lullaby, but it's so powerful. And she's so strong in her delivery on this album. She's so strong at playing to what she knows and pushing herself to do something different. This album's fantastic. Fantastic pop album from Maggie Rogers. Pay attention to her. She's going to get huge. You heard it here. She will get huge. She will blow up. And you'll come back to me and go, thank you for uh, for letting me know about her. And I'll be like, yeah, ah, you're welcome. Um, Toro Imoa released his long-awaited album, Outer Peace, last Friday. Um, six to 10 songs, 31 minutes. Good length. Good length. Also, my favorite cover art of the night. I think the cover art's fantastic on this on this album. Um, I loved the production on this project. It was super progressive. He played to his strengths, but he also pushed himself 100%. It doesn't sound. It's you can definitely tell it's a Toro y Moi album, but he pushed he pushed the way that he produces and the way he structures songs on this thing. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the vocals on a few tracks. Um, I know New House is one that I really am not a fan of the vocals on at all, but this album makes you want to dance once again. This is one that you're going to want to dance to. You just want to want to, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a feel good album. It feels really good to listen to this album. Um, it wasn't my favorite release of the night. It wasn't one that I was even like freaking out about it releasing. Um, none of these really were, but then I listened to them, and the James Blake and the Maggie, Maggie Rogers blew me away, and I loved both of those. This is one, I don't know if I'm going to come back to it soon. It might take me a second to sit on it and then listen again later to get the full appreciation for it. Excuse me. But I, right off the bat, it just, it didn't hit me the way I, I wanted it to hit me, if that makes any sense. I wanted it to to blow me away, and I wanted it to make me fall in love with it, but it it just didn't. It just didn't. And I'm going to wait. I'll listen to it again in a couple weeks, a month. Who knows? And it might it might hit me in a different way. Because I often find myself, if I don't like an album, I keep it in my, in my library. And 
I'll be scrolling through my library da, 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 in a couple weeks, a month. I'll see it and I'll go, huh, I haven't listened to that in a while. Let me, let me throw it on. And I'll throw it on and I'll, I'll re-listen. I try to go in order. I don't like skipping. You guys know that. I hate, I hate skipping. I hate skimming. I'll go through it again. I'll give it another listen. And I'll, I'll try to see if I I'll see if I change my opinion. I always like when my opinions change on it. Um, means I've I've grown a little more appreciative of what what they did, and I understand what they did a little more. But this is just one that I, it didn't hit. It didn't hit the way I wanted it to right off the bat. Um, two, these aren't these are new, but they're like not in a way. Um, two new Dead and Company live albums came out this week. One is Lil Caesar's Arena from November 24th of 2017 in Detroit. And then Nationwide Arena, Columbus, Ohio, November 25th of 17. Um, both, if you know The Grateful Dead, you know that they don't play the same sets a couple nights in a row. That's always different. Um, they're both really, really good. Both really, really good. I like the Little Caesars Arena one more. Has a few more of the, has has more of the songs that I like, like a lot on here. Um, I'm really upset I won't get to go see them this summer. But I just thought I'd let you guys know that they dropped two new live albums that I listened to quite a bit, and I liked them both. Going on from there, we have Malibu Kin, which is the duo of Aesop Rock and Tobacco. This is this is an interesting rap album. This is a really interesting rap album. The production is almost EDM, almost future wave, almost vapor wave mix, and of it's it's a super strange. The production is strange. It's it's definitely, it definitely reminds me of like EDM type production without the, I don't know how I'm trying to say this. It's interesting. It's not your typical rap album production. It's, what did I write on here? I wrote something. Um, oh, I just wrote it's crazy different from most rap, most rap releases. It's the production. Here's how, I, here's how I'm going to describe it. It's very Run the Jewels-like. If you've listened to Run the Jewels, you know they have like a specific way that their production sounds. And this Malibu Ken project, it like really reminded me of how Run the Jewels sounds. It's harder. The production is little, it's it's non-traditional hip-hop beats. Um, This is just a, a really, really interesting rap album Aesop Rock I love everything from his delivery to his flow to his the sound of his voice to his to his uh oh my god I'm drawing a blank to his message in the song I guess is how I'm gonna say it I couldn't think of the word I actually wanted to say um but I liked I liked everything about this album I've listened to it a lot since it came out a lot a lot Favorite songs, Corn Maze right off the bat was really good. I like Acid King a lot. Churro is great. This is a fantastic rap album. If you're a fan of real rap, if you're a fan of real hip-hop but non-traditional hip-hop, give this album a listen. Very, very good. Uh, it sits at 10 songs, 35 minutes, easy to listen to. Go check it out. Um, highly recommend. And then I saw my buddy Grant. Shout out Grant from Chicago. He posted, me and him, we, we converse about music often and other things, fashion, movies, whatever it may be. He posted this Blockhead tape uh, called Free Sweatpants, and I had no idea who Blockhead was at all. 
um, hopped into this thing and listened to it. He's a he's a producer, and I really really enjoyed this project, Free Sweatpants from Blockhead. It's more your lo-fi classic hip hop '90s sounding production on this thing. Um, you got Billy Woods feature. You got an Aesop Rock feature. Um, there's a lot more on here. 14 songs, 54 minutes. It is on the longer side, but it doesn't feel like that because every song kind of sounds it sounds like their own thing because every artist that's featured on this thing brings a different sound to the table for what the production's asking for. Really good project. I highly recommend to listen. Um, I enjoyed the listen a lot, so Grant, thank you for posting that. I enjoyed this one. I, I literally hadn't, I had no idea what it was, and I, I liked it a lot. Um, I wanted to rank, I wanted to rank the releases from that week. I'd have to go. Uh, Mag- Maggie Rogers in one. I'm gonna go Malibu Ken two, James Blake three, Blockhead four, Future five, Toro Toro Moss six. If I just had to go, and then there was a good uh, new album from Deer Hunter that came out as well, alternative indie rock, folky, more acoustic guitar. Really good. I only listened to it once. I I haven't jumped back into it yet. I would like to. I probably do that on my next sh- on my shift tonight, so if I can listen to that. Um, that was it for New Music Friday, though. Oh, and I just wanted to been. I've been playing a lot of video games again. This is a super bad transition. I've been playing a lot of video games again, though. Um, been playing a lot of Call of Duty. Been wrecking people in COD. Playing a lot of Blackout. Blackout's been really, really fun. They still need to take out that broken ass level three armor, though. Makes it unfair. Makes the game unplayable. It's super toxic to play against some level three. But uh, we've been since the semester started back up at school. Down here at work, I work in the in the media labs, and uh, most of us are student workers. There's six or seven of us, um, and we have really cool bosses. Scott and Darren are really really cool, and they let us have quite a bit of freedom down here, which is which is really 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 nice. It's built a really good friendship, and I think it's it's definitely helping me come out of my shell a little bit as as vocal talent as a creator. We had a lot of good ideas going, and we've we've put a lot of things in motion down here. It's been really cool. Anyways, we have been playing the hell out of Smash Bros. Ultimate. I ended up buying that Switch. I think I told you guys on one of the episodes. Bought the Switch. Bought the Smash. Um, if you guys want to know my main, I main Samus because she's a boss. A boss. Samus. Um, I don't mind Pikachu. I'm just not very – I'm not great with Pikachu. I'm better with Samus. I'm okay with Bowser, and Young Link is super broken, but I'm I'm good with him too. Um, but yeah, we just been on the Smash grind down here. We've been having tournaments like in in the labs at work. So you win, you put your tally up on your under your initials under the on the whiteboard. It's been really, really fun. It's been really fun to continue that and to get better. I just need to get better. I don't have I never had a GameCube or a Nintendo 64 or any of that growing up. Um, to play Smash on. So this is my first time like owning and playing Smash a lot. I need to learn more. I need to get a higher Smash IQ. I need to delve into it and try a bunch of new things as much as possible. I need to watch more competitive. Me and Donovan were just talking about about the competitive scene and I definitely need to watch more competitive to learn how to play each character. He said there's not a lot of Samus mains in competitive, which sucks. So I never know. I might be able to find a new character to try out and that I, I could see playing 
well with my play style. So I'm going to be doing that, playing a lot of Smash. After I get my homework done on this shift, I'm about to play hella Smash. Thank God that Switch is portable. That's the greatest thing ever about the Switch. Um, that's all I have for this episode. I don't want to drag it out longer than it needs to be. I think that's pointless to drag out content for, for nothing. Um, oh, also, if you want to play, I have Nintendo Online, so if you would like to play, please DM me. The, I'm, I'm awful at talking today. Please DM me, send me your friend codes, or I'll send you my friend code, and we can link up and play some, some Nintendo games together. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, I wanted to highlight before I wrap this completely up, I'm going to have more guests on this this semester starting hopefully next week. I can get somebody on. I'm going to try to get Donovan on next week to just talk. Um, I think the the podcasts are way more engaging when I have a, when I have a, a guest on because you can hear back and forth. It's not so one-sided. You're not just hearing me talk for 30, 40 minutes straight, and I know you guys get sick of that. I mean, I would too. No, I'm kidding. I like my voice. You know what I'm saying? I hope you guys do too because that would suck if you didn't. And I would really appreciate you guys for bearing through it. Um, but I want to have more guests on. If you want to be a guest, please DM me. Do not hesitate from DMing me and asking, hey, let's get together. I'd plan it a, a week or two out so I can kind of get to know you a little bit better first. It'd be nice to meet up in person before. But if not, if you're a creator and you make things, whether that be music short films, videos, you're a painter, you're a sculptor, you're an artist, you draw, you're into fashion. I don't care what it is. DM me. I want to see some of your work before you come in. That way I can get an idea of what it is, what you do, the quality of it. I would love to have you on and I would love to talk about some things. Um, It could be an interview style, but it could also just be like, hey, let's just talk, you know? Um, Please contact me though if you want to be on the show. I would love, love, love to get to know some of the listeners. Um, I'm going to probably message a couple of people on Twitter and Instagram and stuff to see if they want to join me on a couple episodes here this semester. There's a couple of really talented. There's a, there's actually quite a bit of uh, really talented kids down here at UCM that I want to get on that make music, that do art, that really are passionate about what they do. So I want to get them on and talk about and just talk. Uh, I tried to get a, te- a professor here on. I messaged him over the weekend, but he said he's so busy he can't be on, which that that's fine. I get that. He said he would he would love to reschedule though. If there's conflict when we do schedule and you can't make it, please let me know as soon as possible though. I don't want to show up with all these notes and then just not have an episode that week. That would that really suck for me. Um, but just just yeah, if you want to be on, if you think what you have to say is interesting if you just want to talk get to know each other become friends dm me let's make some stuff let's do some podcasts um another thing in the future coming up we're gonna have more videos the sports podcast will have video coming up this semester james got a new camera with a nice setup he got an early nice he got the sony a6300 he got the gorilla pod he got the mic we're gonna start um videotaping these podcasts it's gonna be awesome it's going to be like a whole new dynamic to it. You'll get to see the energy that's actually in the room whenever we're doing these things rather than just hearing it. And uh, I think that's it. Thank you very much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Don't be afraid to DM me about whether it's your friend code, whether you want to be friends on PSN, whether you want to be on a podcast, whether you just want to meet up sometime and talk. I'm cool with all those things. Just let me know ahead of time. DM me. Don't be scared to do so. 
thank you for listening. I, I really do appreciate it. It means a lot to me that people still listen after all these episodes. Um, this is something that I, I, I love to do. I enjoy it a lot. I put a lot of effort and time into it. So thank you very much for listening. And as always, I'm your host, Chance. Don't forget to keep a clean track record.